Hello and welcome to Breaking Late. I'm your host, Michael, and with me again another week is JD. How are you, mate, after this exhausting weekend? I don't know how exhausting it was. Well, it was <laughs> a lot later. I had to get adjust to these times. I, it's, it is good with WA. Yeah, it's a bit it's of so a relaxed far away. in the it's morning and you're like, uh, when's the racing actually going to start? Uh, <laughs> qualifying's not on till the early afternoon and then you got the nice evening race. It's nice, yeah. It it's is, good it's timing. Not, it's not a bad, uh, not a bad race platform for Darwin people. Probably even better for Sydney in that you can crack a beer for qualifying in the afternoon over there. <laughs> I cracked a beer for qualifying here. I didn't care. <laughs> well, there you go. But that's Darwin for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it was good to see. Um, what did you take away from the weekend, mate? Oh, we got to start putting some extra weight in these DJR cars. Yeah, got take a, get some penal, uh, weight penalties in yeah, there. Yeah, let's take a leaf out of the Touring Car Masters and put some weight in these DJR cars because yep. they are looking quick. They are, and I think it's starting to look a bit scary because we've got Scotty starting to hit his, uh, hit his patch here and Fabs hasn't been doing too bad this year either. No, so well, he won't be far off and I think... Once they both get their eye on with this car, they're going to be hard to stop. Red Bull have kept coming out and saying we don't have the pace. Still, they're doing a great job of um, getting points. Oh, he, you know, hats off to Jamie. Solid res- weekend. He got two podiums, two thirds. Yeah. Um, best of the triple eight guys. I think I'm going to say driver of the round. I know we haven't really discussed anything else, but uh, the driver of Sunday at least was Lounsey. Yeah, yeah. He he needs. They need to work out what's going on with qualifying with him this year. Mm, it's really it's hurting his points because he's having to start so far back and then work his way through the field every race. It's just not working for him. He's so he's just not getting the one lap pace, pace from anymore. The car. Yeah, um, he's still got the race pace. Yeah, like he's, he's still, still. I think he set the second fastest lap of the race. Yeah, he's doing a great job. And Sunday was a real. Well, show of his skill and tire conservation. He's won the most races at Barbagello. Yeah, what was it? 16. Six, yeah, I was going to say 16. That's amazing. It's probably back in the day when we were doing four races a weekend. Yeah, but still, that's that's unheard of really, isn't it? For a 40, driver to have 16 wins at 42 years we've been going there since the 70s. I know we haven't gone every year since the 70s. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's good little racetrack. Yeah, yeah. Very... um. Very high abrasion and uh, tire wear, and we've seen that in the weekend. It yeah, no basically either. basically was all about tire wear, mm. the racing. Um, how they could set the cars up to last during the race. I, I thought something I took away from Sad Day was actually how fast Team Penske were at the start of the race. And I'm going, oh, this is going to hurt them. It's going to hurt them. But it didn't. And it, I think everyone learned from that. Everyone was very conservative, and it was so odd to see everyone but them be so conservative and stick to the same lap times. And then you got the two Penske cars that just went out there and were like, ah, oh, screw this. Let's just go hell for leather. We'll get that gap. They didn't hurt their tires. Well, I think what they also did was they, they kind of un- did the undercut. Like they pushed out hard, mm. probably not hard, but you know what I mean? Not as conservative as everyone else. And then they pitted earlier. And because there was a, yeah, obviously that big game for getting new tires. No one had any choice. Like they were just gonna, they were gonna end up being, you know, a minute ahead, which is a lap. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, if they didn't pit 
at the same time as them. They were just going to scream off into the distance. So they had to pit at the same time. So they kind of did the undercut, even though they were in the lead yeah, and commanding. It was, it was and an it's, interesting strategy call. But I mean, like you get that massive lead, you have track position and yeah, they could command, could command it. it. Yeah, they commanded the, the race and obviously did a great job. First uh, double victory for Scotty this year. I think that's his first victory for them as well. Yeah, this is first... Yeah, first win, I'm pretty sure. Um, for Penske. So for that's Penske. great, great. And, and Roger Penske was down at the track. I know. That was pretty special for him as well, I think. I he think seems to go. He's, he went to the WA round last year as well. Did he? I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't he was remember there. which I'd ones he went to, but yeah. Maybe well, that's he'll good. come up to Dart. No, he won't. Nah. I don't There's more money in him. WA. He's got to sell yeah. his trucks. It's true. It is true. He does own... Um, well, what used to be Detroit, so it's Penske Power Systems or something, I think mm, it's yep. called now. They're right um, around the corner from my work. They are. They're literally two, well, one block in between you. Last year, the DJR boys went down there. Did they? Yeah. There you and, go. and then I've got Komatsu next to me as well. And then one year, the Red Bull boys were down there. Oh, look out. I was like, ah, I got to go. My <laughs> boss was like, no. I'm like, come on. Like, you don't even know anyone at Komatsu. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I have his jacket and a clipboard. They'll let you in anyway. <laughs> but, but yeah, so great weekend from them. Jeez, uh, they're looking quick. I know. It is. Scarily we've got to find some quick. pace for the rest of the teams because when Red Bull look like they're scratching their heads, you're in trouble. Uh, I know. Like after this many years of Red Bull just dominating and like i don't know as a red bull fan i'm looking here going oh god what are we going to do our crown's gone but like jamie said you know everyone's saying it's doom and gloom but they're still they're still there i think jamie's enjoying it to be he honest. needs to push i think he's enjoying uh a bit of rivalry and stuff like that not just in team rivalry but actual other teams even though he had uh obviously winner bottom a couple of years ago fighting for the championship yep. Um, but I think he's really enjoying this Penske one and everyone's sort of tarting it up a bit more than it. I think the media, and I guess we're a little bit, I don't like to think of us as media, but you know, we kind of are. The media are really pushing this and going, look, there's finally someone to compete with them. I think legitimately there is now. Yeah. Well, there I, is, think, I know there is, but I think when Winnipeg like won the men. championship, they had a bit of a suspension advantage, um, which was helping their cars a lot. Very much so. Where now, I don't think Penske's really got something up their sleeve. It's just everything's going together better. Sort of like how Red Bull was doing it. Yeah, well, they've recruited the, some of the best guys in the pit lane. Yeah, exactly. They, they open checkbook, obviously, they didn't care how much their money there was. Well, obviously, there's a limit, but they just threw money at this team to get it up and going. And well, it's worked. But they're, everyone's they're really come out there. and said, you know, money isn't money helps, but that's not what drew people to the team. I mean, yeah, you can bullshit. say that. <laughs> Maybe some people do like the challenge. And something that was interesting that I took away listening um, a little bit to the pre-race on Sunday, where they interviewed Rod Shapensky, was yeah. he said Ludo contacted them. Yeah, I think uh, Ludo wasn't happy with what was happening at AAA. That's mm. not a secret. Uh, so he was coming out of contract and I think he didn't want to be there anymore. So where would you go? Mm. I wouldn't go HRT. I, couldn't no, work, I don't work, think Jamie even Courtney, James Courtney wants to be at HRT at the oh, moment. Oh, did you see, uh, you wouldn't have seen some of these things that he's been posting, but 
They're, I heard he's a very grumpy boy. They're shocking. I've never... Look, I actually quite like James Courtney. Oh, yeah. Sorry out there and the listeners that don't like James Courtney, but I actually quite like him. He's pretty honest. And uh, I watched a a Facebook Live from him um, from yesterday, and he... I've never seen him this down, if you could call it. He's oh. a, He was obviously angry about what had happened in that race, the race strategy... There was a pretty, pretty big mistake in that race for not fueling his car enough to get to the Yeah, finish. what and was with that? Yeah, that was Last the Last lap come in going, oh, by the way, you've still got 15 litres. And I had a good chuckle at the commentators, Scafie, Crompto, and um, uh, Murph. We're going, oh, well, you know, shotgun not going in there to interview him. I think yeah. they sent Greg Rust in. But yeah. Because he, he finished well down the pad. He was 22nd on the Sunday. Oh, he was gutted. He mm. was absolutely gutted. And I don't think I've ever seen him this disappointed. And it's really kind of sad to see now. Um, when Garth left last year, I thought, you know, Jamie's, uh, Jamie, James is going to hold it together. It's going to be a good team still and all that. But he's, he's really struggled. The team has not actually moved forward at all, really. They, they did a little bit at the start of the season, but they're starting to look very much like the We're HRT looking, of late. Yeah, and this is could be come down to, we all know HRT is strong in street tracks, and you go to the first one as a street track, and then, you know, he performed well, they had good pace, and was it a false sense of security? Were they going, oh, look at this, we're still up there? I don't know. It's, it is a, it's just not nice to see the drivers getting this disappointed. He is a championship winning driver, and he's, getting stuck in a midfield car with midfields being polite, to be honest. Um, yeah. Well, and when you're with a team with... that's spending lots and lots of money to make silly mistakes like that, it's just not good enough. And I think that's how he's starting to feel. He basically in the video I watched, he's like, we can't hide anywhere basically anymore. The, you know, we, we shouldn't be making these mistakes. We're one of the best teams out there. Why? Why is this happening? He's, we're going to go deep. We're going to find out why this is happening. It can't happen again. Mm. And uh, I think, honestly, I think if they don't turn this around, he's starting to look a lot like Alonso. Yeah, well, I mean, he's mobile hating. HSV aren't going indie. Take his mind off things. Maybe they will. Mm. I don't know what's going on. They can't. They'll be racing in um, Darwin no, the no. same weekend. Yeah. No, I just mean uh, I don't know what they're going <laughs> to do to keep him happy. Oh, they you're not going to put money on Mobile One HSV going indie? No. No? <laughs> oh. Maybe a little bit of money. Maybe <laughs> Ryan can give him some Wilkinshaw drives and some open wheelers to keep him happy. I know well, no, James really loves them. James really did love his open wheel. He had that big accident In the that pretty Jaguar. much stopped him from doing the open wheel. Well, James was probably, um, other than uh, Mark Webber and, and Daniel Ricciardo, obviously now, but... He was going to be our next Formula One Australian driver. Yeah. So he was doing quite a lot of testing until he had a. This is back in the crazy days of uh, F1 where they were running stupid amount of power, like V10s. Yeah, yeah. And, and the they were making the nothing. car as light as possible and with this much down. Is back in the glory days of of um, some of the best years of Formula One. Yeah, also some of the most dangerous. So they were having a lot of failures at tracks back then and James had one of those failures at no fault of his own. He didn't crash. Well, he did crash, but it wasn't his own fault. The car failed. Mm. 
uh, and it put him in the wall and he actually he quite possibly could have died that day, but he didn't. He managed to pull through, had pretty big injuries, and that's pretty much ended his uh, Formula 1 career. Mm. I mean, he's... It's actually someone, something quite interesting. Who pulled him out of the car was actually Michael Schumacher. Yeah, yeah, he, I remember that. He pulled over and pulled him out of the car. They were testing as well. So that's back in the days crazy. of testing. I mean, at least they got testing back in Formula One this year. Yeah, not as much, but not no, back still like only then. a couple of laps, but not back in the day. Like, oh, know. back in the day, you needed a lot of money to be in Formula One because they were bloody testing. Can, wasn't it McLaren that filmed? <laughs> yes. <Film Ferrari. laughs> yeah, McLaren got a pretty big fine for filming. It was filming. a big fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had a Formula One star ish um, in the field this weekend. Yeah. In, uh, who Math- are you talking about? I don't know who you're talking no, about. Well, he's not a Formula One <laughs> star. He's trying to get into Indy, but uh, Matthew Bradham. Yeah, yeah. Late really entry re- for Lucas Dumbrell Motorsports. Yeah, he took Taz's seat. And um, look, I think he didn't have too bad a weekend. I think he did quite well. Uh, well, yeah, um, double driving duties. He was doing this and the super, super trucks. Super trucks, yeah. Got to, to quickly touch on the super trucks. You know, Holy you're, crap. You know you're watching the super trucks when two of them flip in the same spot in three laps. I know. I was like, <laughs> didn't is this a replay? We just watched them clean this up. <laughs> I can't wait. They're coming to Darwin. We yep. get to, I think they're actually racing up here this year. Yeah, they are, yep. It's going to be a long track for them because they didn't even do all of Barbagello. They did the short track. Yeah, it will be a long track for them. God, when they can corner those things, except until they take two wheels on the ramp, and then that's when shit goes down. Oh, and Kurt Kostecki, you know, on the Friday oh, or the yeah. Saturday, had a big um big rollover, lost a wheel, and was still like, ah, oh, screw this, I'm going, let's go. And he's like, ah, oh, hang on. Yeah. yeah, I've only got three wheels in this wagon. Yeah, ain't this going feels nowhere. Really funny. <laughs> they, they, they are built strong. They flip, but good. Good entertainment. That's what they are. They're entertainment. <laughs> they're crazy, yeah. I don't think any of them take it too seriously out there. They're all having fun, pushing hard, but yeah. But yeah, no, um, Matt Bradham come in, didn't really... We had no t- testing prior to this. Like, this was a late-minute deal. Paul Morris gave him a few um pointers. He sort of was like, oh, can you mentor me this weekend? Because he'd never driven this track, never driven a supercar, was only driving the super trucks, and... Paul Morris was doing both. So, you know, gave him a few pointers, helped him out. And he did quite well on the Saturday. He um, showed some decent pace. I don't think... I'll just bring up the results of the Saturday race. Okay. Saturday race, he um, finished 25th. Sunday race, 26th. But not last. Oh, that's He had really right. bad strategy on the Saturday, and he said that. He was disappointed, but he's still eager for more. But, you know, he is chasing Indy, so I doubt he's going to be coming back. Yeah, it, it'll it be interesting to see whether he gets another drive. I don't know if he's going to get a drive for Indy, so he might he might be back here. Yeah, um, it's another one of those Lucas Dumbrell going for drivers that don't meet the new requirements. Yeah, I, except for I think... This one Matthew, I can understand a little bit better. Matthew's got a bit more experience, uh, and I think it's okay. I think they, you know, V8s is not going to penalise someone that's come from probably higher categories than, than sort of than someone other, that yeah. should still be in the Dunlop. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I think it was good for him to get out there. There's actually, sorry to jump that's categories right. here, but there's talk of Bradman uh, maybe looking at starting up 
so you know how they had the Formula One team, obviously, back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Force India are in quite a lot of dramas at the moment. Oh, uh, yeah, they were looking at trying to revive the Bradham name. Yeah, so mm. there is... So the last three or four years, they've been trying to build momentum behind Bradman Racing again, and they're trying to get into Formula One again. Oh, okay. And yeah, because I know the CEO of Force India is in a... I think there's an arrest warrant out for him. I know, he's been deported. Yeah. So, oh, actually, sorry, he hasn't been deported. He's been arrested. He is in custody in England, I think. He's awaiting he's, deportation. Yeah, and he's awaiting a hearing, and he will be deported uh, if the hearing doesn't go his way quite soon, actually, I think. There's a lot of dramas there because he is one of the main funders. They also, one of his companies that used to give the Formula One team a lot of money went bankrupt. Mm. So, um, he's he's... Basically, the team's struggling a little bit more. It's not really showing on track because they're actually doing quite well. Yeah, no, Force India are doing really well. They're punching well above their weight. Um, but Bradman is looking at maybe getting involved with them. Oh, so that should be, should be interesting. Yeah, so that that's something to watch. It, nothing may eventuate out of this. It's just all rumours at the moment. All right, but it's just something to talk happening. about. Yeah, it's that's it's good. pretty interesting. And if it can, well, all yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it gets off the ground. Yeah, exactly. It's such a not that I want Force India to to go away because they've been India been there for a while and they're doing. You know, I don't think they've ever got a race win yet. But I think they have had one win. Yeah, back in like two thousand seven or something. but they're still the leader of the mid packs. Yeah, they're doing great. They really are doing great. Um, they're back building pretty good cars too. So. Fingers crossed uh, we don't lose them. And if if we're going to lose them, hopefully Bradman can pick up the reins and keep that pace going. All right. Well, we did, you know, back to V8 supercars because we sort of diverted Jumped. here. <laughs> um, Jack Bradham, good result for your first time out. Really, really good result. I want to quickly jump to qualifying on the sad day. Yeah, mate. What do you want to talk about qualifying? The Nissans and the getting in the way. Yeah, there was a bit of an incident. Mm, I showed you the video before. You missed it. Quite, um, quite a scary incident. I think... Um, what's your take on the incident? Or should we... I think Shane should, should wear we? brown underwear when he does qualifying at this track next time as well. <laughs> oh, it because was pretty scary. <laughs> that was very scary. So, for if you guys don't know, what happens is Michael Caruso and Shane Van Gisbergen were on their flying lap. They're on their hot lap. The Rick Kelly, Todd Kelly, and Simona were still on their warm-up. And they weren't... Um, they were coming onto the last corner. So it's like turn seven, I think, on this track. They was... Like, Simona was, like, slow in the middle of the track. Yeah, they're all trying to bank up. They're to trying get to space. bank up, yeah. So they slowed down to go, oh, well, i got to give the next car in front of me space. But, you know... Caruso comes flying in. He comes to a basically a halt on... There's basically a car width from Simona to the edge of the track, and that's where Caruso parks his car. But then you've got um, Shane Van Gisbergen comes flying down that back straight, which is over the hill. Nowhere to go. Yeah. Goes to the dirt. Somehow keeps it out of the wall. I don't know how he kept it off the wall, because it's like you can see in the car footage, I'll link the, the video in the show notes, is, you know, he's up, hands are all over the shop to keep that thing straight comes firing down into the gravel trap. Yeah. Somehow manages to keep it out of the gravel trap, but enough to slow it down on the little exit road around the outside of it. 
one of the saves of the year, I think. Actually, it's mm. something I think we will look back at the end of the year at some of the saves, and that's going to be one of the top ones. Oh, it's, this is saying that I really, you know, I don't want to, I know Simona's still in her first year and stuff like that, but you, she needs to, you can't do that. Yeah, and that's something you were explaining. They didn't penalise her until the next day. Yeah, she got the penalty on the Sunday. Which was strange because there was blatant balking. Mm. It wasn't deliberate blocking or anything, but Apparently balking. Apparently, it wasn't past the mandatory go point. Um, so, they remained the the go point of the track remained the same. Yeah, where they've got to be up at pace. Yeah. That's fine, but you do not travel that slowly on a straight on the racing line. And like you were saying before is... You see a lot of drivers now that sort of hog the middle of the track when they're doing their warm-up? Yeah, yeah. Stick off the racing line, especially if you're coming around there and you... I mean, they must have had... The people coming... They must have team people in their their ears over the radio going, keep in mind, you know, especially Caruso, who shares a boom with Simona. So you've got her her, her race engineer and Caruso's race engineer pretty much sitting next to each other. You wouldn't either need to be over the radio for them to be like, oh, by the way, we're coming through. Yeah, exactly. It was it was just silly where she put her car. And then, obviously, Caruso did his best to make sure there wasn't an incident because she was swerving and stuff like that. So he didn't want to try and blast through that little gap that was there. Mm. And Shane just got absolutely the raw end of the deal. He had to take the grass off. There was going to be a big crash. It oh. was going to be a massive crash. You could have taken out three cars easily then. Oh, yeah. They, and they would have been weekend-ending crashes for all of them because it was... That's at the fastest point of the track, and it's the heaviest braking zone. Yeah. So you see Already that... Already maxed out anyway. Yeah. You you got that extra bit of, oh, crap, there's two extra cars in there. All you need to do is just press too much pressure on the brakes. You lock them up. You're going to go. You're just a passenger once that happens. Yeah. Shane it's did an amazing job, to be honest. Mm. He didn't he didn't lock the tires so he could use those tires in the race. He did dirty. an unbelievable job. And Mark Dutton was basically saying, nah, you Simona, sh-, and he was basically blaming nearly all the Nissans, except for Caruso. You can't put any blame on Caruso. He was just a victim. He, he was just like, trying to not crash. <laughs> yeah, he was a victim as much as Shane. He was like, you know, they should basically be disqualified from disqualifying for that incident. But he was not emailing upstairs because this is another thing that we'll touch on. Dibber dobbing. Dibber dobbing. Like, Found like, upon apparently. Yeah. V8 supercars all of a sudden. All of a sudden, like, <laughs> all of a sudden after one one race where 80 emails were sent. Yes, all about one dotted line. Yeah. <laughs> God. Like, Philip Island, you got a lot to answer for here. <laughs> well, that's just because. They need to move that dotted line because we don't even use those first three or four pit bays at yeah. Phillip Island. And your way you've got your stupid track entry. Ah, Let's not get back into Phillip Island bashing because I actually quite like the rest of the track. I think it's very well presented. <laughs> it's got great facilities. but uh, It's pit, definitely a highlight of the year. Your pit entry shit. Yeah, speaking of bad pit entries, but... Can we finish one rant? <laughs> all right. <laughs> we'll come back to the bad pit entries. All right, all right. So, yeah, no dobbing. Apparently, the Supercar Land Network, which is basically their all their computer network that they all intertwine and talk on, you're only allowed to send emails to race control if it's regarding your own car. Yeah, it's they a don't clarification want... thing. Yeah. So, like, 
if we got a penalty, we can say, uh, was that for curb hopping or for the touch where we bump someone in the drive-thru and they can say oh, it's for curb hop or whatever. It's so you can contact the race control and they can talk back to the teams, mm. basically. Well, actually, we're talking about talking to race control. Do you think it's better that the V8 supercars do it that way or should we do what Formula One do and do blatant talk calls to the race control over the radio? Where you get the drivers uh, I, I saying think, stuff. I think maybe that possibly doesn't happen as much as Formula One. I think also Fox and Channel 10 don't do as good a job at broadcasting it. So it probably does happen as much as Formula One. We're just not hearing it. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is our biggest pet peeve with the broadcasting. Yeah. Is yeah. their lack of radio talk. It is quite... Look, they Especially, do quite a good job for form, uh, for. Formula One with their radios where it pops up and they, everyone stops talking and you can really hear it and it's really good. V8s is probably on the lower end of the scale of... It's very poor. Yeah, it's quite bad. The rest of the broadcasting is not too bad. but No, no, the rest of the broadcasting is top notch. The quality of it's great. I just don't like when they broadcast the radio and you can hear them talking on the radio and then after they finish broadcasting it comes up with, oh, Scott McLaughlin. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the idea of what... Um, Formula One does, and it's a little bit delayed, but good quality pops up first, and it's it's yeah, you get to hear what the drivers actually saying and thinking. Yeah, it's great news, isn't it? Like well, stuff you want to take away. Crompto and Scafi are talking like, oh, sorry, just listening to such and such on the radio. I'm like, all right, I understand you can't broadcast everything because you got 26 drivers going around having a chat. Yeah, but you know, give us a little bit more than the two seconds of clip talk that they say and. Sometimes they just they don't even give you the good bits. Yeah. Anyway, we're not even talking about radio talk. We're talking about dobbing in. Yeah, and we were talking about dobbing in. And we then we get to talk about bad pit entries. Okay. <laughs> um. So, should teams be allowed to dob? I think so. It's yeah. always happened. Mm. Why change it now? Maybe it's something we don't teach our kids because we don't want to be inundated about who did what. But... Well, this is this a multi-million dollar sport exactly. now. Like, if a rule applies to one person, then it should apply Look, to all. I don't want it to become soccer, where people are jumping on the ground to make sure that everyone else knows what's going on. Soccer, sorry, all you Europeans out there. Football. football. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I I still think, you know, if you get... Pe- I don't think we should be blatantly going out and watching other cars and what they're doing and making sure that they're doing the right thing. I don't think that should be where the sport should go. But say what happened at Phillip Island. We're mm. back on Phillip Island here. Sorry. Yep. People, sorry out there. Um, but so Scotty got pinged and then obviously Penske were going, well, we've reviewed what's happening. We've got a spotter in the lane. We just watched eight other cars go over that line. Uh, this, is, uh, this is all of their numbers. And then every team complaining about other teams doing it. And they've obviously got spotters out there trying to get everyone penalized from other teams. It's, it does get blown out of proportion. All for a rule that's probably in realistically is in there for pit crew safety. Yeah. And it's not really in there to penalize people. It's to stop people doing dumb stuff. Not really to be enforced as much. It's not really. The idea of the rule isn't to stop people from cutting that corner. No. It's to stop people from going into the far, like... It's from driving coming, down the, the working when area. When you down the working area, yeah. You, cause, you know, you always see it on thing, and I always wonder when you see people do pit stops and when they throw the tires off. Like, 
there was one today, uh, one yesterday, sorry, I think one of the Red Bull guys threw the tyre quite far, and I, he was actually had to lean quite far back, and I was like, gee, I wonder how far they can actually throw it's, the tyres. The dotted line is their line. Yeah. I actually, sorry, I think the solid line inside the dotted line is their line. That's their working area. Yeah. If it goes into the fast lane, penalty. Yeah. Drive through for the for the driver, which is sometimes unfair. I almost think it should be the team a, a team point penalty. Because the poor driver, obviously you you drive you win as a team, you lose as a team. Yeah. I do understand that and that's great. And it sort of gets all the, the crew members behind the drivers as well, which it really helps. But it's sort of a hard one for the drivers to control. They can't really do much about it. Mm. Yeah, I just I think the whole dobbing don't tell us all about it and just let them do it. Yeah. Yep. Because no doubt there's uh, if someone does something, another team's going to be like, hey, screw you. You know, the rules are the rules, and that's why we've got them there. Not just because, and this is something we always we always talk about, is spinning of the wheels in pit lane. Yeah. You only find that out if you're caught on TV yep. or if someone else is watching, like, hey, man, I saw their wheel spin. Yeah, but it's still not going to happen. So if I was PRA and I was next door to Red Bull and watched their wheel spin and then called up Tim um, Schenken yep. and said, oh, his wheels are spinning. Unless there's he's, camera footage. Unless he's seen it himself or there's camera footage, he's not going to get a penalty. Mm. It's always been when Channel 10, this is, Fox doesn't seem to do it nearly as much. No, nah, they, they do the back of the car or the front. Yeah, they're very much about, seems to be not showing that, which I think is probably the teams maybe have asked. But I think the teams have sort of got a lot better of it now. Either that or they're just not getting caught. But... They always do that slight rotation where, you know, just engage here. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they're not doing the spinning like they used to. Like back in the day, they used to just... It used to be bad for Enduros. So when they got out of the car, sometimes they forget they'd to take leave it, it out in gear. gear. And then, yeah, it's just... Zzz. And you can I definitely understand why they're doing it. I mean, all these rules are for crew personnel safety. And, you know, I'm not going to stop oh, it's the rules. Yeah, obviously, if you had your hands in the spokes of the wheel, because this, be honest, if you... As you're taught as a mechanic, you're told not to hold the spokes of the wheel to put a wheel on. Mm. Every race team does it. They, except for Formula 1, they're actually quite good. They hold the outside of the tyre. Yeah, because you've seen how little those spokes are and yeah. how far in they are. You're like, yeah. I can't grab that. I'll just grab the outside of the tyre. But in V8s and that, they always, one hand, because they have one hand on the rattle gun and one hand on the wheel. Mind you, great strength training for them because it's it's a, I think they use inch drive rattle guns. Yeah. And they use a, quite a large wheel now. Uh, and a lot of rubber on there, so they're quite heavy. Mm. Um, to be picking one of those up in each hand is it, a lot harder than you'd think it would be. <laughs> Talking about pit stops. Yes. Um, something that I was wondering after Tasmania, am I always this big talk? Because we did say V8 Supercars have announced they're doing the Pertec Pit Stop Challenge. Yep. Um, How's it going, mate? Well, very, very quiet on the front. It wasn't till. They're not really publicising it much. I'm sure they'll ramp it up before the. Oh, end. they'll definitely ramp it up. I think they, they they were just really quiet on the front of the fact that they didn't do it in Tasmania as advertised because it must only be for the sad day because no fuel on sad day. Yeah. So you're going to get the quickest pit stops. Yeah, it's not this, about strategy. This, it's, this is not a strategy pit stop. This is all about who can change at least two tyres on yep. the cars. So just did a quick Googling. On the supercar website, Brad Jones Racing. I wish they told us the goddamn time, but they did the fastest pit stop. They did. 
They did. They did quite a good time, actually. Uh, quite a good pit stop. So, mm. look, who's all the way down the LDM? Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's slows. probably to be expected. I just annoyed that they didn't show the pit stop. Sorry, I was just scrolling down trying to work out who did the, you know, what was the fastest time. Like, let us know the fastest time, but we don't. So, Brad Jones racing car number 14. That's um, Tim Slade in the Freightliner entry. Yep. Fastest. So, he's got 26 points to his pit stop challenge. Yep. Um, car sales, obviously, Todd Kelly there is doing quite a good job there in uh, second. Oh, the Nissan boys are doing a good job. And the mega f- mega racing, Jason Bright's car, third. And look go. who's right behind him, teammates. So they're obviously doing a cracking job there at Pro Drive. Um, Where were the Red Bulls? 97 was seventh and ooh, 17th. Ah, oh, you know, these ones here, they were... I'm surprised Lucas Dumbrell. I mean, I'm not. This is gonna sound bad. Lucas Dumbrell last, but I thought Chaz, uh, the um, not Chaz Waters, Cam Waters was gonna be slowest because he was like 17 seconds on the Saturday. Or That's bad for LDM <laughs> because they had an issue with the rattle gun. But I mean, maybe they pitted twice. They pit twice on Saturday. I didn't think no, so. No, it was just the one stopper, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so if... Team Vortex not doing so great there either, but right down in 20... 20 second. second. Yeah, this is really disappointing that they're not giving us the times. Yeah. Big, so big disappointment. That's, that's the main thing I want to know. I want to know how fast they're changing. But, you know, big big hats off to Brad Jones and the boys over at car number 14 for setting the fastest time. Working hard, obviously, and training and, and all that gear and... Uh, getting the team well-oiled machine. So the next one is over at Winton, which is up next. in two weeks. Anyway, let's let's go back to the Sunday race because we yes, haven't mate. really touched on that and we should touch on that. I really, I mean, we're not going to touch on it heaps. We've, 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 this is already a long episode than I first thought. <laughs> Turns out we're sitting here at start going, man, we got, we got to fill 40 minutes. How are we going <laughs> to do that? And 35 minutes in, we're already here. <laughs> I mainly want to talk about the start because that really was the race. Yep. Well, it was pretty eventful before even the start with uh, Lounsey's with car Lounsey. stalling when he put on the pit lane limiter as he come up towards the... Yeah, that was very odd, wasn't it? And then... Crid? He, um, he didn't make it off the line at the start when they did the formation lap and then he was like last. Yeah, then he sort went. of weaved his way up and then they basically said start last. Yeah. And we did touch on this right at the start of the show. He did a great job finishing eighth or ninth. Like in the top ten, I finished eighth. Yeah, mm. yeah, in the top ten. So that's great. I think Scotty needs to thank Frosty. He did give him a bit of a bump. That's what you were saying. Start. This is a bit of a go kart move. Yeah, he did the old freight train lock onto the the guy in front and try and push past, which I thought was quite funny, being that the guy who was trying to push past was his teammate. Well, and Chaz actually had a better start than Scotty. Yeah, the the Frosty two best helped starts. Him. Was Wincup and Frosty, but they had nowhere to go. Yeah, and they both sort of just ran into these two guys, and just was like, "Oh, sh- fire out!" You know, where well, you park your car there. I need to get around you. I'm going much yeah. faster right now. But yeah, I mean, Frosty really, really helped McLaughlin. I think fifty points off Scotty <laughs> given to Frosty. <laughs> I'm making that call. <laughs> When a bottom needs it. <laughs> yeah. He's starting to show, and this is Pro Driver getting quite good. They, getting they've some picked really their pace. Good pace. Yeah. It's good to see. I think that 
we were talking about this earlier before we started recording, but I think Frosty actually thrives on when he has a bit of competition in a team. So last year, they lost Chaz. Chaz lost his engineer, yada, yada, yada. Didn't go so great. He's back with his engineer. It all seems to be working. There's a bit of rivalry. Obviously, Winterbottom's got a couple of different setups he can look at now as well. So that's working for him. And both their pace, it's really starting to show. They're, the car's quick, and it seems to be working out for him. So it's great. But, yeah, it, what we were talking about with Frosty was, he, yeah, he did definitely pull on the... Um, Something that we always used to do in go-karts is we'd freight train each other. So yeah. off a start, you'd just latch onto the guy in front. And if he didn't get the best start, obviously, if you wanted to work with him, if you didn't yeah, really like, like you him, saying, you probably wouldn't give him a bit of a push. You were saying you used to do it with people you'd like. If there's someone that you didn't, you yeah. know, you're like, oh, I don't mind that bloke. He's a good bloke. I'm going to give him a help here. Yeah. Get well, around this guy. You work, you work together. So move forward together. Yeah, you move forward together. So if I like the guy in front and... Uh, we can move forward together. I would definitely, and I got a better start than him. We're going down the straight, whatever. I'm going to ram it in the back of him. I will give him a push so he can get in front and I'll try and get second from him or whatever. Mm. Um, and then we can battle it out first and second later. But yeah, it's something that you always tried to do. You sort of work together. You use all your horsepower together, linked all together. And, uh, that's sort of what Frosty did to, to Scotty on the weekend. And yeah, it pushed him up and he, he managed to get in into the first corner first and uh, the rest of the race, he pretty well controlled it. Yeah. What do you think about Fabian's um, strategy call at the start? He got used rears and that hurt him. I don't know why they did that, to be honest. Maybe he's a little bit harder on his rear tyres. Maybe, I'm not sure. But If you're harder on the rears, wouldn't you want to use start with uh, sorry, use? Hard, uh, harder maybe on the fronts. Harder on the fronts and not yeah. the rears. Sorry, the other way around seemed to be funny because everyone that was going for the two-tire game was going the loaded side of the tire, so the left-hand side of the car, not not, um, not just not rears fronts or fronts. Rears, yeah. yeah. Very odd. But, I mean, he still did a great job to come back, and I actually, um, Davo, man of the match for me, holding up <laughs> Fabian at the end there. Making it a little bit more exciting. Well, it was a pretty pretty uh, non-exciting race other than Lowndes pushing through the field. Yeah, and I mean... After we were going, after last week's Formula One going, oh God, no passing. And then watch this and you're like, yeah, right. There was some passing. It was still, it was a lot easier for us to talk 45 minutes about this, this race than it was the Russian race. Yeah. But still, yeah, it was like, oh God, these guys have been watching Formula One too much. Yeah. Either my old man sent me a message today, emailed me going, what happened with the VH yesterday? Bloody race to the first corner. I'm like, yeah, pretty much was. Yeah. Um. At least there were some pit stops. I just think we need that longer, longer kilometers. Yeah, I, d I don't know what you do with that race because that meeting really comes down to you can't push. And when you can't push, you're not going to get passing because people can't commit. So, like, I'm not going to commit 30% extra or 10% extra just to get past you because I know if I commit 10% extra now that's going to cut five laps off my tires. You know oh, what I mean? And like, the, it, it the, just the way these tires down. fell off, as soon as they fall off, you're losing three seconds a lap. Yeah, and that's exactly right. So people were driving along, and then all of a sudden they're just gone. Yeah. You pretty much were just going, how fast is the person in front of me going? I'm going to go that fast. Yeah. And then maybe they might make a mistake, or I might get a better run off in turn six, and then I'll get you the pass. Yeah. It's... it's 
it was it's a bit of a hard track um and the tires just aren't suited to it i think that track needs to resurface it does um pretty badly winton is that resurfaced recently i think that was resurfaced last year or the year before i think yeah, it so was resurfaced around the same time as uh as hidden, hidden valley. valley yeah so hidden valley's tire deg is not that bad anymore no not anymore it's not too bad it was horrible it was pretty bad I think mean, it's hot. Everyone, oh, fucking like hundred degrees. Yeah, we'll get over it. Yeah, it, it was. It was pretty race bad. for my entertainment. God damn it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a lot better since they've done the resurface. Mm. It's uh, even new and improved production boys have noticed it on their tires. They're getting quite a long time out of them now. So, oh, quick thing on the Hidden Valley. Just, yeah, just one touch on. If anyone wants to do a big group buy of hot passes. We can get 20 people. We can enter a comp to get a big breaking late billboard. Ah, yeah. At the track. Yep. So. Well, I'm already thinking about buying 10 through the business. So maybe we can look at that. It might yeah, be well, I was going to go. I got to try and find 10 people. We buy 10 people. If you get 10 people together and you can buy a hot pass, you get them for basically 75 bucks yeah. a pop. Yep. So yeah, if, if you do want to do it, I, I don't know about other rounds. I'm pretty sure there's bulk buys and stuff like that. But yeah. If you're in Darwin and you, or if you're looking at coming to Darwin, you want to buy a hot pass, hit us up. We'll buy a big bulk one and we'll try and get a big breaking late thing at Hidden Valley. <laughs> That'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Bit of guerrilla advertisement. <laughs> anyway, enough about that. Um, we're going to the Formula One next week. Barcelona. Yeah. The scene of the crime from last year. It is. Li- although this is the one you got Rosberg's the call. Rosberg's not here. <laughs> I know. That means... This has been 12 months we've been doing this podcast for. Yeah. I made a pretty big prediction on this one too Mm. last year. Yeah, yeah. I said that... You said Hamilton better give Rosberg some room, otherwise he's going to drive him into into the the sticks. sticks. Well, the grass sticks, same thing. Yeah, we all know (laughs) what you're talking about. Go on. What's what's happening next week? I think it'll be a lot more civilized. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't... uh, To be honest, I don't know who's going to win either. Last last meeting, it's I thought it was going to be a exciting track. Yeah, I thought it was going to be uh, Sebastian. I almost think it's going to be Sebastian again. I just think the Ferraris have better tire life and stuff like that. And th- I think this is going to be a track where we're going to get battling and stuff like that. And tire deg is going to come in. There's different sections of the track. I wouldn't be surprised if Red Bull are going to be quite strong in the sector three of this track because it is a well, lot of downfall. And this is the big thing that we're looking forward to. This meeting here is not all on power. Mm. And we've all gone home. We've all gone home. Everyone's gone back to the factory now. This is no longer a flyaway. This is basically a home round. Yeah, this is a European round, essentially. Mm. Um, It's it's in Spain. Yeah. Uh, Barcelona, lovely part of the world. It's exciting. Really exciting. Because Red Bull's bringing all their updates. Obviously, Mercedes and and Ferrari bring... Well, every team's bringing updates to this round, pretty much. Yeah. it's just, I think Red Bull's updates are going to do more than Mercedes and Ferrari's updates, obviously, because I think they're closer to their ultimate speed than mm-hmm. than Red Bull is at the moment. Um, I think Red Bull has more time to gain out of s- sort of some small updates. So, fingers crossed, we're going to have a three-way team sort of battle this weekend. I think it could be quite exciting. I don't know if Red Bull will have enough. No. But I think Sebastian will be the one to watch for Ferrari. Yes, I think, I think Sebastian yeah. is um here's my tip. Yeah, for championship. Yeah, and for this race. Yeah, I agree. I think uh we you just can't go past him. I think he, he looks confident, he looks a bit like that boyish 
winning like I said, his energy is back. As soon as every championship he's led in, he's won it. Yeah. Yeah. He I mean yeah. he's not in as a dominant car. No. I I think it's very exciting and uh buckle your seatbelts, it could be a good race this one. I oh, know, I'm very, very, very excited. Yeah, yeah, it should be good. Other than that, but there's not much else to talk about, I guess, with Formula One. No. There's uh, not been too much news come out about it recently, other than a few other teams trying to talk themselves up. Yeah, other than Red Bull trying to say that their updates are going to bring them back oh. up, and Renault's announced that their engine upgrade's not going to be here yet, and it's probably not going to be for quite a while now. Yeah. Um, oh, Alonso did the um, indie testing. Oh, yeah. Alonso did do some indie testing, and he that did was quite well. by a lot of people, like two million people saying, watch him test. That shows the pool that he's... Um, that he's got. I put it's some really money good. on him at Indy. Yeah, I did too. I yeah. put him down for a top five, I think. I did top five, three, and first. So if he wins, I get all three payout. Yeah, geez. The race win, that must pay heaps. I can't remember what it was. It must be heaps. It must be like 20 or $30 to a dollar short. Yeah. It, oh, no, it wasn't that bad. I can't remember exactly. It wasn't... Because he, he, he definitely can't be a um Oh, by the way, favorite. now in Australia, if you listen to this and we're talking about gambling, it has to be after 8.30. Does it? Yeah, they just passed the law in Australia. What about for podcasts? It's up to them when they listen to it. Yeah, yeah, so just... Listen to our podcast. Gamble responsibly, people. If you can't afford to gamble, don't gamble. That's, that's my warning. Yeah, and there's a gambler's helpline. You should look that up. I can't give you the number because I'm on my gambling website. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Alonzo is paying $15 to win. Uh, $6 for second to third. Um, fourth to ninth is $2.50 and $1.85 for tenth or lower. Jesus. What do you reckon he's actually going to come? Obviously, those bets are probably a bit like mine. They're a bit wishful. Yeah, wishful, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He got some good pace. He did like a well, couple laps at three forty-five k's an hour. I'm I'm not sure how they they do measure time, but they kept talking about these laps in speed. Yeah, in I think that they are basically talking about what you can work up to. So mm. if he can work up to the the top speeds, they were basically writing him off. But he's Alonso. He's probably one of the ballsiest drivers out there. He's old school like Senna. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I reckon top five's possible. I just don't know. I don't know anything about Indy. I really don't. And I just can't. I don't know who he'll be racing against. What If if oh. the team he's good, is the team he in yeah, good? Yeah, the team, team and car he's in are quite good, yeah. Well, you know, race win's possible. I mean, oh, that's what he's going he's for. Got the gear, he's got the gear to win. Don't get me wrong. It, it will be down to luck of the draw because it is one of those tracks. And it's going to be a big weekend yeah it's a i don't want to drop things but that's the monaco weekend yeah and we're already going to have a big weekend that weekend before because that's my birthday weekend so Mm. you have to um we'll be celebrating it will be 30 (laughs) 30 years old getting old (laughs) (laughs) speaking of 30 next week episode 30 yeah we'll be a milestone for us will be... Uh, actually, this is actually episode 30 because we started on zero, zero. Yeah, technically. That was, that was the pilot. The pilot episode. So, episode 30 next week. If you've got any questions you want to 
ask us, email it through. Um, if you've got any thoughts on the on the dibber-dobbing thing as well or any of those other things. Not anything we talk yeah, about, really. Let us know what you think. Um, start a bit of a conversation, if you want, on the Facebook page, and we'll, we'll be sure to talk back. Mm. But, yeah, so episode 30, we might have something special planned for it if we can get everything to line up. That's all we're going to say for that. Yep. Um, apart from that, we'll... Catch you next week, I guess, after we the gotta, exciting we weekend. Say goodbye. I got to do the sign off first. I got to. Oh, you I do. You stuff do. up the internet name. You've got to, and <laughs> then you've got to call the Facebook by slash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, not just look us up on Facebook. <laughs> you can look us up on Facebook, or you can go to facebook.com <laughs> forward slash Breaking Late. <laughs> if you've got any emails you want to send them through to Breaking Late at gmail.com, or you can hit up our website uh, www.breakinglate.com. Check out our show notes there. Michael puts a lot of effort in every week into these show notes, so you should get out there and check them out. Some weeks more than others. But all the videos are there, so if you guys ever wonder, like, half the time what we're talking about, or like, oh, this is video and funny pictures, they'll all be there. Okie dokie. So, yeah. Oh, so if you guys can leave a review. If you guys, I know we say this every week, but it really does help us out. Reviews on any podcasting app or iTunes. Thumbs up us. It really helps out the... um. It helps other people Visibility, find us. Yeah. yeah. At the moment, we're struggling with find, getting new listeners. So if you can do that or even share us on Facebook, we'd much appreciate it and get us out to other people that enjoy motorsport. But Thank that's you. enough of us begging. Thank you very <laughs> much, guys. We'll catch you next week. See, See you ya. later.